If you want to turn to Matthew 24, that's where I'm going to jump off at. Uh, here in a second, I will. Um, communion, intimacy. That's, that's, that's again, it's, it's um, I just feel like the Lord's saying, don't turn the channel from that. The, the, the Lord, if we're going to see the Lord move in our day, it's, it's, it's not because of our skill set, and it's not going to be because of how talented we are. It, it's not going to be because uh, we have what I think is a cool stage backdrop, okay? It, it's, if we see the Lord move, it's going to be because we're a people that's intimate with Him, okay? That, that is it, and I believe... I believe this is what the Lord is waiting for, is, is a company of people. And I want to show you, even though we're not, we're, we're not large by any sense of the means in a natural, but I believe what we're doing is large in the spirit, if that makes sense. And, and, and I'm going to show us this morning what I believe the Lord's doing and, and what this thing actually represents. Because God, because God is, uh, well, he's just drawn us closer He's just drawing us closer. I, I get these. I've, I've told you all before. I get these phone calls all the time from ministers asking what in the world we're doing. And I'm thinking, man, we, we don't know. <laughs> but, but, but truthfully, I just say, man, we, we've just got people that just want to be intimate with Jesus. That's just growing closer to him. And, and, and so, so we're getting this idea from John 17 where Jesus prays. He says, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one, and I in them and you in me, that we may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me, and I love them even as you have loved me. And so Jesus, he, again, Jesus is praying to the Father for us. John 14, 15, 16, 17 is just absolutely incredible passages, or are incredible passages. But he's praying for us that we would become one with him to the same degree that him and the Father are one. And when we become one with him in that degree, then we become one with the Father in that degree. And so it's this beautiful picture of just intimate relationship with him that he's calling us to. And, and, and I say this, I said this phrase over and over and over, Communion is actually a picture of what revival is, okay? And like, if we want to see the Lord not only transform our lives, but transform the city and the region, the state, or even in the nation for that matter, it will come by way of intimacy with the Lord. It will come by way of communion with the Lord. That, that is it. I'm, I'm telling you, if it was going to come because of gimmicks, it would have happened a long time ago. It, it would have. It would have happened a long time ago. If it was going to come by the way of wonderful program, it would have came already. And I believe the Lord is waiting on a bride that actually loves to be intimate with him. All right. So, so now we said this revival, although I think it does consist of this. I think these are parts of it, but it's not a bunch of services. It's not a bunch of people, although I think eventually souls are a fruit of it all right but and it isn't a bunch of signs and wonders it's not like doing worship for an hour it, it is intimacy and communion with Yahweh I mean that's that is it and again I'm going to repeat that over and over and over because it needs to just be a foundational truth it's like he just wants his 
children to love on him. I think it's a picture of Mary and Martha. I mean, he's, he's, although Martha was saved and going to heaven, Martha was doing things for Jesus that he never asked her to do while Mary was sitting at his feet. And, and that was the more excellent thing to do was just to be at his feet and adore him and listen to the words he sang. And, 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 and as a church, as a church, it's really tempting to go and say, let's be Martha's and let's do, 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 right? And there will be seasons where he speaks to us and we do. But the, the easy thing, the comfortable thing is just to go do stuff because that's what Christians do. When he's saying, I'm just calling you to my feet. And from that posture of intimacy, you will be more affected than you've ever been in your entire life. And so that's what he's calling his people to. And it's hard. It's hard because people get uncomfortable. Like, I need to do something. I'm like, let's just stay at his feet, right? And and we've had some leave and some folks have left because that just wasn't their thing. And that's okay. But I believe for us, the Lord's just saying, stay in intimacy with me, all right? Now, now, I'm also starting to believe this with all of my heart. Revival, I was sharing this with my wife the other day. Revival comes by way, we've rephrased this. Revival isn't because of a man. It's not because of a woman. It's not because of a couple of people on a platform. I think revival, the Lord is looking to trust it with a group that operates in the context of family. And, and we talked a little bit about this last week. And, and, and there's like a corporate mentality in some of the churches in America. I'm not going to point them out, but, but there is a corporate. There's a business mentality. And then I think there's the family mentality, right? And, and the corporate mentality is grow by all means as possible, get bigger, bigger, bigger. And while I think, again, that's fruit, I do think that there is some merit to that, but, but not, not by way of stepping on someone's shoulders to grow, if that makes sense, okay? And, and so I think you understand what I'm trying to say. And when I say corporate America, like we have this image of what that is. It's, it's really very formal and very prim and proper and has everything put together. And how many understand family is not prim and proper. Family is not put together. Family is actually quite messy, if you want to know the truth. Like I can look around the room, some of you all grinning right now because family is messy. It just is. And if this is family, then this will probably sometimes be messy. And then there will be moments when, when <laughs> there will be moments when something happens that we're like, well, that was weird, right? Or I mean, we'll have that one relative anyway. And, and then there'll be moments where it doesn't go off perfect and this, that, or the other. And that's what I love about this house is that we have we provide the grace for those things to happen. We don't have our tra- like worship. I love we don't have our transitions planned. There is nothing worse. There is nothing worse, like to my mind, I've been in enough churches, I've preached enough revivals, I've seen enough, what, what do you call them, like orders of services, and they'll be like, such and such praise this prayer in the transition. And like, it's, it's nauseating to me. I understand what they're trying to do, but I'd rather it be awkward and we just do what the Lord's doing in that moment anyway. It's like the first song we did today wasn't in the set list, was it? We just caught it and we went with it. But we believe that was from the Lord. Now, that's not to say we're not planned because I actually believe we're very, very planned and prayed up. It's just we're not so, we don't write stuff in ink. We write it in pencil because when he shows up, we go with that. All right. And so the only way you can do that is if you have intimacy with him because we're doing our best to respond to what he's doing. Now, there probably will be times where we miss it. 
And I'm saying, you know what? We miss it, we repent, we move on. Not the end of the world, all right? All right, I don't know where that came from, but I felt really good. <laughs> all right, so, so real revival only happens in the context of family. And this is where I want to jump off at in Matthew 24, because it's, it's been a year and a half ago when, when, and I actually think it was, I think it came from the Cox family that they said we're ready to see our revival family is how we kind of got that term and it felt so right. It's like, that's exactly what we are. And I don't remember which one of y'all said it or when it was, I just know it came from y'all. And I think you actually put it on Facebook if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, we've been like calling ourselves that for over a year now. And, and, and I, I really believe there is something to it, all right? There is something to it. And let me just read this from Matthew 24. It says, but of that day, this is Jesus talking about when he's going to return the second coming of Christ. And, and we, he is going to come back. We don't know when it's going to be. He said, behold, I'm coming soon. And that was 2,000 years ago. So he has a totally different picture of what time is than us. But I promise you, he is not coming back based on the condition of the world. He's coming back based on the condition of his bride because that's what he says. And so we need to quit judging how soon he's coming back by how bad it's getting out there. And we need to start judging how soon he's coming back based on the condition of his church. What he says, he's coming back for a bride that is without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Just saying. Just saying. And while, and by the way, if you read Matthew 24, and if you read it in context, he, there's, it's, it, it's not about the rapture. <laughs> let, me just, let me just say that openly. When he's saying one will be left and one's taken away in this story, people always say, it's, it's going to be me. I'm going to worship him. He's going to take me away from this wretched world. That's not what he's saying here. He's actually taken away. He has actually taken away the evil ones in this story. It, it would behoove us to actually read. But anyway. <laughs> but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the, nor the Son, but the Father alone. For right here in this verse, verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away and took them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. All right. So Jesus likens his second coming. And I actually think we can look at this as well as his him coming and visiting in the context of revival, in the context of family. But he says, it will be just like the days of Noah. Like, like not similar, not sort of, kind of, maybe. Now, he's not talking about flooding the earth again because he promised not to do that. That's why we have the rainbow, right? Rainbow's not LGBTQ stuff. It's actually in the Word, and, and it's the Lord's promise that he's, he's coming, and He will not destroy the earth that way again. That's what He, that's what he says. And so, so but, but Jesus is saying it'll be just like the days of Noah. Now, now, just like the days of Noah, we could say it's pretty bad out there right now. Like, you don't have to be prophetic to say it's bad out there. I mean, seriously, like all the stuff that's going on with Iran, right? 
I mean, I, I could probably preach this and make you just scared to death that he's like, you got to be ready right now. And I think you should be ready. But I mean, if you looked at the news, if I just preached the news, it'd scare the living daylights out of you, right? Look at Iran and, and then look, look like, look who, well, I got to be careful. Look at Iran. Look, look who's. I'm going to be. I'm not making a political statement. I think we should pray in honor for our president. I just don't agree with his morals, and 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 by any right state frame of mind, it should like it should make you nervous that he's controlling the buttons to things, because he's a loose cannon sometimes. But but anyway, I think that's why we pray and ask the Lord to help. Okay, so so that I'm just getting everyone wound up today. It's all right. So, 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 but we could talk about Iran, we could talk about that, you, you, you could talk about Russia, you could talk about China, you could talk about all the school shootings, you could talk about all these different things, you could talk about the political unrest in the country, uh, uh, all these types of things that's going on, and, and, and we could say like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going on today that was kind of like the days of Noah, right? Like there's a lot of unrighteousness going on, but I don't actually think that's what Jesus is referring to. I think to some degree he is. He is, he is actually, I believe, like if you look at this text, he says, I'm coming back just as in the days of Noah. Who did he visit in the days of Noah? He visited a family of a man that was walking in righteousness. He says, for the Son of Man is, I'm sorry, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Please, please don't like be distracted by everything I just said before. Hear, hear this. He said, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like as in the days of Noah. Coming means, it, it means the presence and the arrival of Jesus. So the presence of Jesus will be just like it was in the days of Noah. And, and it's easy to think that, okay, there was rampant sin now and there's rampant sin then. And, and, and again, I, I agree with that, but he visited one man that in a lesser covenant was considered righteous and blameless before the Lord's eyes. He visited one man and one family. He actually, look at this, look at this. He actually used eight people to repopulate the planet. And I look around, and, on a, and, and, and we're not a big church by any means, but I think if he could do that with eight people, what could he do with all the people in this room? If we're living under a better covenant, and we're actually righteous because of his blood now, right? Not because we're following every nook and cranny of the law, but because we are made righteous before his sight. Like, I just think, oh my goodness, what could the Lord do? And so, so like, I feel like we just need to, like, believe a little bit more. It's, it's not about getting to a point and being like, all right, now we've arrived. Now we can do something. It's like, oh, my goodness, Christ in me, the hope of glory is right here. What's he going to do right here and right now? All right. And so, so, so he uses this family that walks in righteousness. And I think the Lord is looking. And that's why I said last week, I, I think I've been struggling with calling us a church. And we are a church, but I've been, I've been just like, we're a family, we're a family, we're a family. That's how I've been praying because the Lord is looking for families that walk in their righteousness or walk in his righteousness or accept his identity as righteousness. And so, for, for 
for, for, for like Nazarene. He's looking for churches that walk in holiness. Let's just say that, right? He's looking for people that say, I'm just terrible. I'm a low, no good, dirty, rotten sinner. He's like, no, he's looking for a bride that says, I was a sinner, but now I've been washed squeaky clean, right? That's who he's looking for. Genesis 6, 9 says this. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was righteous which means that he was innocent and guiltless in a covenant where he should have been considered guilty and not innocent because of the sin of Adam, right? Because the sin of one, all were made unrighteous. But it says there was a man. There was a man that was in a lesser covenant that was sinless and that was innocent. He was guiltless. He was blameless, which means he was without defect. What would it look like, again, lesser covenant, what would it look like if we got the revelation that he looks at me like I'm not lacking anything, but because of his blood and because I'm underneath his blood now, I'm actually made perfect and I'm actually made whole. I think one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is that he tries to convince you that you're actually missing something. But the moment that you come into the kingdom, you're not missing anything in his eyes. You're actually made whole and full and complete is what is, is what that word means. Now, I know that there's a growth in grace in this, that, and the other. I understand that. There's growing up in the faith. But I'm telling you, His Word says that when, like the old is gone, the new has come. You're not lacking anything. You're no longer the person that you were. You're no longer the person that everyone says you are. You are who He says that you are from that point on. And so what would it look like if we looked at ourselves like, I have been made whole. Now, and, and this is the truth, like, like there is whole, I don't know what you call it, um, oh, there's whole systems developed that makes money off of the very fact that it tells you that you're not whole. It is, right? I mean, there, there's, there's industries that have been created just off the simple fact by saying, if you buy this, your life's going to be better. Whether it's you need to lose weight, you look at the weight loss industry, look, 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 look at the makeup industry, look at all these things. And I'm not saying those things are bad, I'm just saying the way the world is, the way everything is, has been set up to tell you that you never have enough, that you're never good enough, that you're never smart enough, that you never can live up to expectations, and so you need to go from thing to thing to thing rather than discovering what he says about you, Song of Songs, right, beloved, rather than beginning to walk in beloved identity and understanding what he says and thinks about you, and then we just walk through our whole lives. This is not something that's just indicative of people that don't know Christ that actually think it's an epidemic in the church. That's why, that's why so many times, and I'm not, and if this is you, I'm not meaning this by guilt, okay? But that's why so many times we have come, and we, I'll never, I'll just use this for example. We had, we had someone at one of the former churches that we, pa- we pastored at that would every week get hands laid on for healing of, of basically not feeling enough. And, and I know some's chemical, I know some's spiritual, I get it, but I'm just going to use this for an example because I think there's a spiritual truth here. But, but we would come, and she would testify that the Lord had touched her and healed her. She felt it go. And then three days later, she's calling again, wanting prayer and wanting to be put out on the prayer chain. And it's because sometimes we get more comfortable in our dysfunction than we are comfortable in being in the function that the Lord wants us to live and operate in. It's the truth. Now, I get there's some things people struggle. I get it. 
I'm just saying, man, his word says you can be made whole. And I'd rather believe that than anything else. And I'm going to keep believing it until the earth catches up with the spiritual. I don't know how else to say it. And, and it's like, actually, I was talking to Jennifer before church, and I'm like, when it rains a lot, we kind of struggle, <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, it's gloomy again. I think one of these days it's going to rain, and I'm going to be like, yes. <laughs> you know, understand what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, he was righteous and blameless. And it says, and this is so, so, so significant. It says, Noah walked with God. Walked, he traveled, he walked with, he, he, he lived for. I like this too because I think this is sometimes what I feel like. It means that he floated with God. Like F-L-O-A-T, he floated with the Lord. It, it meant that he flowed with God. And so here's this picture of this man. Again, lesser covenant, didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him, but he just moved with the ebbs and the flows of what the Lord did. And the Lord said, I'm going here. And Noah walked there. And the Lord said, I'm going here. I'm going to walk here. I mean, seriously, if you, if you really study the story of Noah, like Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9, it's absolutely fascinating. Noah, I want you to build an ark. I want you to build a boat. Great, I'll do it. What's a boat? Because <laughs> it had never rained up until that time. But the mist used to come up out of the earth, and that's what watered everything. All right, great, I'm going to build a, a, great, what's a boat? Well, you need the boat because it's going to rain. What's rain? Well, it's the stuff that comes down from the sky. Oh, okay. And you need it to float on that. Well, we're in the middle of the desert. It's okay. All right, I'll do it. Now, depending on which scholar you read, it took him anywhere from 80 to 100 years to build this thing. Now, imagine telling that. I'm sorry, like, seriously, imagine telling that story to people. Like, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Well, what's a boat? Well, it's going to rain. Well, what's rain? Oh, well, there's not much. <laughs> if you mean it floats on the water, there's not much water. We're in the desert. That's okay. God told me to do it. Like, people think you're nuts. And he did it. And not only did he do it, his family would have had to have helped him. Okay? So which meant they would have had to buy into it too. <laughs> they would have to buy into it too. And they would have had to face all the ridicule because of the father would say, we just need to do this because God told me to do this. Now, now imagine, imagine hearing God so well and so clear that it makes no sense in the natural to anyone else around you, but you know that you know that you know that you know that you've got to obey. Yeah. That's the story of Noah in a nutshell. And, and like I'm like, I want to hear you so well, God, that even if it makes no sense, wow, even if it makes no sense to everyone else around us, we're just going to obey what you say because, because we believe that what you say is actually life-giving and we just want to live and breathe and flow with you and do whatever it is that you ask. And so, so like, it's just this beautiful, beautiful picture. It wasn't like, all right, great, building the boat, that's it, right? It's not, it wasn't anything like that. I don't think people were high-fiving and congratulating him. I don't think he posted it on, on like, on, on their social media if they would have had it and everyone would have been like, congratulations, right? Like, people were like, you are nuts, dude. What are you thinking? What are you doing? That's how he would have been treated. 
let, let alone the fact, oh, by the way, I'm building this thing, and there's going to be two of every kind of animal come into this thing. <laughs> like, like, seriously, like it just makes no sense, unless it was the word of the Lord. <laughs> and so, so he's looking for families, is what, where, what we're at. And, and, and Noah was building something. I want you to understand, he was building something to contain what the Lord was going to use to repopulate the planet. Apostolic revival koinonia. I hate acronyms, but I like that one. Wow. What's next in my notes in yellow, which means like in my in my world, like I color code my notes, and yellow means say this verbatim. Read it, okay? I'm getting ready to read that, and I said, I was going to say, God is asking us to build an ark at River City. He's not looking for just a man. He's looking for a family that says yes. And I'll get to why it's so important at the end. But he's looking because the Lord is looking. I say repopulate the plant. That's what Noah did. They, all of the rest of humanity wiped out. We get it. The Lord said he's not going to do that again. But he used this one family that we could trace our lineage back to. Every person that's on this planet from them being fruitful and multiplying. And I think very practically it looks like people getting born again all over this planet and all over, let's just, let's just start small, all over this neighborhood, all over this region because he's beginning to speak to a family of people that realize who they are in him. All right? So why is it important to have a family mindset? I touched on this a few minutes ago. But a corporate mindset thinks of how they can climb a ladder and succeed and how it looks better. Right? I mean, think. Here it comes again. A, a, a corporate mindset a corporate mindset is about climbing a ladder and arriving and leveraging it for promotion. It's just, that's just the truth. I've told this story I don't know how many times, but when we accepted the call to come here, we had people that would call and say, you're throwing away your career. And I think, like, ministry is not a career. It's a calling. And so I'm like, like, those terms, even then, four years ago, did not even resonate with me. And I didn't understand. I understood what they were saying, but I did not understand because I'm like, man, I've got this fire in my bones and my belly right now that if I don't do this, I'm going to feel like I'm going to die. And so it's like, and my family feels the exact same way. 
And so here's this picture of, of, of the Lord. He, he doesn't want a corporate mentality. He wants a family mindset that thinks of how they can reproduce and grow and nurture what the Lord is doing in them. That's that phrase we use all the time, generational legacy. Like as, as parents, like think of this. Like, and like, yeah, we're, again, we're going to be parents again, which is wild. <laughs> but we've said this for years. Like, our job as parents is to raise that young man back there to where he loves the Lord, and when he leaves the house, he's a fully functioning adult. Yeah. Right? Like, we love you, but once you're gone, like, we don't want you to move back when you're 37. <laughs> you know? Like, we would take you back. But, but you understand, like, we, we would. We would. His mama would. <laughs> but I think, you like, like, we want to give our kids the tools, everything that they need to succeed in life. And for them to be happy and for them to thrive and to do well. Like, that's what we want, right? And so when you look at this as a family mindset, what we're doing, one, if you're not a kid, like, I still feel like my job is to equip you to where you can be a fully functioning Christian, okay? And with our kids and teens, it's we're equipping them so they can be fully functioning teenagers that will eventually be fully functioning adults that go to raise up families that are fully functioning as well, okay? And so it's thinking generationally. So, so it's like, it's like we're, we're, we're wanting to raise up the next generation. And, and you can't do that if you have a corporate mindset because this is slower. This is slower, like, it'd be really easy, and I don't mean this mean or negatively, but it'd be really easy to just say, all right, we want all the kids out of the sanctuary. We want to put them in the back room, throw on veggie tails so us adults can have Jesus time. Yeah. And it, it is wrong. Yeah. It is wrong. Now, I, I think that it's like, no, let's let them be up here. Let's let them, even though they may not fully understand some of the things they're saying and doing, I promise you that they are getting what they're getting from the Lord, right, in that moment. And when they're 15, 20, 25, 30 years old, like little Michaela up here dancing around. I pray to God that she's up here dancing around when she's 30 with more vigor than she is when she's 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. You understand? Like that's thinking generationally. And I believe the Lord is looking to trust. Like I could name about six moves of God around the world right now that they aren't mega church movements, and I love mega whatever, but but they aren't mega church movements. They're movements where the Lord is moving in a family type environment. Genesis nine one. It's the difference between structure and intimacy, actually. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. You've heard me talk about this before. But he had very specific instructions on how to build the ark. But then when it came to repopulation, he was just told, go get it, buddy. Right? <laughs> be fruitful and multiply. Just be intimate. You, you cannot structure intimacy. You can't plan it out. You can schedule date nights, if you will. But nothing, nothing replaces intimacy 
with the one that you love. You just don't plan that stuff. And, and, it may, and, and, and that's like, and I've, you've heard me joke about this one time, but, but if I buy my wife flowers and think, oh, that led to, led to a, a, a whatever, but if it did that, I'm not going to do it every single day the next few days because sooner or later she's going to catch on to what I'm doing. Huh? You get wise to that real quick. <laughs> she didn't really care for flowers anyway from me, but that's nonetheless. But I'm just saying, like, you don't just do something to manipulate an outcome. When it's intimacy, you actually care more about the person than you do what you're getting from that person. And so, so, so that's a good one for you to hear, too, as you're getting ready to get married. But, 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 but here's this picture of the Lord. And he's, I think he wants to repopulate the planet with people that just move with the ebbs and flows of his spirit. I'm getting really distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But here's, here's why we say we want to repopulate the planet. We're not doing it with our image. We're doing it with His image. See, see here's, here's, here's the deal. Like, like, it'd be really easy to be like, all right, this is what God's doing here, and so let's throw our logo on it, and let's just do it somewhere else and brand the thing. And, like, I think that's okay to some degree, but that's not what the Lord's doing, all right? The, because then it becomes more about what He's doing in this group of people rather than what He's doing on the earth. From the very beginning, the Lord has desired His image his image to be multiplied. And let me read some verses to you just to prove this to you. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. This is the original Great Commission. Then God said, let us make man in our image. He's talking about the Trinity. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and, and, and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle of over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Like if there was any question whether you were created in the image of God, he's like, let me repeat it, let me repeat it, let me repeat it, let me repeat, let me repeat it again, right? It's like, get this. And then he goes on, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds, and over the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so the Lord, He makes man in His image, because the Lord, the only thing the Lord wants to fill the earth with, is something that looks like Him. And, and I'll, I'll do this, so, so well, that's Old Testament. Well, let's look at Matthew 28, right? Therefore, go and make disciples and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I've taught you. And lo, I'll be with you even to the very end of the age. Jesus is repeating the original Great Commission. He's saying, go make people that look like me. Go live your life to where it looks like my life. And so we're being conformed into the image of Christ, which means that we're looking more and more like him and that's why we can say these little cheesy christian things like I, sometimes i'll be the only jesus that someone sees that is absolutely correct and that's why it's so important to have christ in you the hope of glory colossians 127 living on the inside of you because it's not about you saying look at me it's saying look at the jesus inside of me and the jesus that's inside of you ought to be the thing that they see anyway I'm telling like, like it's, it's just the absolute truth. Now, here's something fascinating. Let me wait, wait. Let me get there in just a second. I'm getting excited about this, about the Lord's image. Hebrews 1 says this. 
God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers in the, prof- in the prophets of many portions and many ways, in these last days He's spoken to us in His Son, who is appointed heir of all things, through whom, through whom He also made the world. And Jesus is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature. So it's like, what does the Father look like? It looks like Jesus. And then we have Colossians 1.27, which says we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So if people want to see what God the Father looks like, they need to look at us that has Christ in us, the hope of glory, and see that lived out. It's, it's always about bearing forth the image. Now, Habakkuk 2.14, which is one of my favorite verses, says this, right? For, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, right? And again, it's like you can't distinguish the two. I've taught on that, but I know you guys aren't going to know this answer, so here's a rhetorical question. On the surface of the planet Earth, there's obviously there's more water that covers the surface than covers the land. It's actually 71% of the Earth's surface is covered by water. Now, without being too silly and generic... What is a property of water? It's, okay, well, yes, yes. But it's reflective, very simplistically. Water is reflective. I think that's a picture if the Lord formed the earth. I love it, Brett. The, the Lord made it reflective because when he looks down on the planet, he wants to see his image. I don't think I'm reading too much into that. When he looks down on the planet, 71% of the planet is covered by the waters. So when he looks at it, he sees his image. And that's why he made man in his own image. And it's not because he's narcissistic. It's, it's he's, he's God. And the only thing that he felt was worthy to gaze upon him was something that looked just like him. And so he makes man in his own image and says, I'm going to put you in charge of this planet. And I'm going to let you rule and reign and subdue it. I'm going to let you have dominion over it. Why? Because you're actually performing what I would perform there if I was there, right there. And, and again, like, like I know that makes people uncomfortable. I'm just, it's just the Bible, so I'm sorry. But here's this picture of this Lord that wants us to look like him so that we could do what he asked us to do from the get-go. Now, the problem is, is this, is that we're sometimes unwilling to be transformed into his image. And when we're unwilling to be transformed into his image, we start making people that look just like us. And, that, and then when they start looking just like us, they replicate the failures that we have. It is the truth. But if he raises up families... If he raises up families, there's room to be conformed to his image. Because then it's like, it's like this. Like, I know that one day that like my boy, and Brett, and those others that are being called to ministry, I know one day they're going to preach better than I preach. They're going to teach better than I teach. And it's in that moment I'm going to be posed with the question in my own heart, am I jealous? And do I try to hold them back? Or do I celebrate the fact that they are starting to surpass me and I can take a seat right down there. 
I can take a seat right down there and celebrate the fact with tears in my eyes that they are starting to surpass. Like I, I, that, that's a family mindset. And a corporate mindset, you can't think that way because it's about protecting what you have rather than passing it on so that they do more than you've ever done. It's the absolute truth. And I've seen it time and time and time and time again. I've seen it time and time and time again. I've seen it in ministry. I've seen it in ministry. I have, I have seen, I have heard stories of like worship teams imploding because someone new got put up on the platform and they started growing and they surpassed the person that was leading and they got jealous and it created fighting and bickering. And, and, and like I'm saying, that's not of the kingdom. That's not what the Lord desires. And, and so it's our job to just allow the Lord to conform us into his image. And so us circle back here and we'll pray. It's like, what is he building? He's building something where people have permission to be conformed into his image. And when you have permission to be conformed into his image, you actually have permission to let that image bear forth in your day-to-day life. And it'll look very different for all of us. I get it. He's a multifaceted God. But when we start to live this stuff out, we'll start to see transformation happening all around us. You'll start to see transformation happening all around you. You get opportunities to pray, opportunities to comfort, opportunity, all these types of things. You have those opportunities to do. And, and again, it won't look exactly like I do, but it will look like you sharing his image everywhere you go. Like you'll start to like, why is everyone always unloading on me? What's all their problems? Well, maybe they see the Father and they think maybe I can just release a little bit of comfort in them and that's what they're coming to me. I mean, like you could think of all types of stuff right here, folks. Hmm. But we're building this thing. He's building this thing. We're just trying to allow him to build it. And it'd be easy to look around and think, No way, right? But if he can take eight people in a boat and repopulate the entire planet from those eight people, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to believe that the Lord can use us, which there is more than eight people here. He could use this family of people that's learning to walk in intimacy with him, that's learning who they are in him. He could use this family of people to bring forth the greatest revival that the planet's ever seen. And, 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 like, and I don't think we have the market cornered on it. <laughs> I actually believe there's places all around this country, all around this world, that have been trusted with a sphere of influence or even a region for that matter, that there's places, there's pockets popping up all over the place that's going after this thing. And you know what it looks like? It's like, well, here's one in Louisville, Kentucky. We'll do this hand. (laughs) Here's one in Louisville, Kentucky. Here's one in New York City. Do you understand? Like, here's one in Seattle, Washington at Revive with my buddy Todd. Or here's one in Santa Monica, California, right? Here's one with the, the, the Bohais, and here's one down in Lebanon, Tennessee, right, which is the outskirts of Nashville, 
like here's one in South Florida. Like I'm, I'm thinking of all these things that's going on. And, and they look very different than our corporate expression, but they're going after the presence and they're believing the Lord's raising up the next generation. Amen. Amen. Come on. I just think it's this beautiful picture what he wants to do. And it just starts with us just saying yes to it. And I know you guys have. But I think it starts with us continually saying yes to what he's doing. Continuing to say yes to what he's doing. It's, it's funny. To, it's almost humorous to me. Like this thing looks very different than it did three and a half years ago. Yeah. Thus. <laughs> it looks very different than it did two years ago. It looks very different than it did back in October. Yeah. Families change just like that. Things happen. And, and, but it doesn't change the fact that your family nonetheless. It's just you just move with it you adapt you move on and so i just want to ask you let's let's just keep praying into this thing let's keep believing lord wants to do it and like i'm I'm convinced it's a sign and a wonder that he started pouring out rain when i said the lord wants to build something here (laughs) right i actually think it's more significant than the day that we had the bird land in here. You remember that? Yeah. I was reading that the other day in my journal. Amen. Amen. So here's how we're going to pray. Families do grow. I actually had this text conversation with, with Melissa yesterday. That family isn't just blood. Family is who you choose to live life with. Okay? There will be more people coming to the family, and we choose to live life with them. There will be people that come into the family that's very dysfunctional, and we can either get agitated at dysfunction. It's just the truth. Tim's giggling. It, it, it's, we can get aggravated with dysfunction, or we can say, come alongside of me, and I'm going to walk with you through this until you receive your healing okay and so 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 and like people carry stuff people wear stuff and we can either be like or we can be like i was once a leper too and thank god no one told me i was a leper and pointed it out but someone actually just walked with me through that until i found deliverance you understand what i'm saying like, like, we've got to be willing to walk this thing out, right? And, and so the Lord will increase the family, but we've got to be okay with that. We've got to be okay with adopting some more kids, if you will, right? Or we've got to be okay birthing more children. We've got to be okay, right? <laughs> we just got to, be, we got to be okay with that. I am okay with it. Anyway, I understand. Horse is dead. I'm going to pray. I think you guys understand. And if not, the Lord's going to help you understand. So, Lord, I, I, we're just going to pray right now. We, we just receive the grace to continue living in a family lifestyle, family mindset, knowing that you're trusting us to repopulate the planet with your image. You're trusting us to make disciples in your image. 
you're trusting us to bear forth your image. I would pray for the grace to be transformed more into your likeness. <laughs> I pray that all the time, Lord, that, that even when I preach, I don't have a personality and I have quirks, and I want people to hear the gospel, not see me or not to pay too much attention to my quirks, God. So may people see you when they see us. May people, may we be a reflection of you. That's what you've desired from the get-go. You don't do anything by mistake. You don't make anything by accident. Everything that you've ever done in acts of creation has been because of sovereign intention. And so I would say, Lord, let us shine forth your image, Jesus. Let us live this stuff out, God. And, and, and Lord, I, I would pray, Lord, for the grace that family permits, Lord. I would pray, Lord, that you allow us to experience the messiness of life. I would, I would pray, God, that you allow us to, to, to see your goodness in raising up sons and daughters on the earth, God. I, I, I would pray, Lord, that you begin to visit this place and I believe that you are. But I pray, Lord, you would begin to visit this place in a way that's unprecedented, God. I would pray, God, that you begin to send people that don't know you, Lord, but they think, I don't know what's different about this place, or I don't know what I feel. I just know it's different, and I want to be here, Lord. I, I, I'd pray for that, God. And I would pray, Lord, that you grow us all up. Grow us all up into your likeness, Lord. I would say, Lord, that, that, that I just affirm what you say in your word, God, that, that everything that you've started, you will bring to completion. And so I say, Lord, if some of us have started this process, some of us are further along in the process than others, Lord. But, but those that are f a, a little further behind where they are, it's no less important than those that's further along. But I would say, Lord, bring it to completion. Whatever it is that you need to finish in people's lives, Lord, go ahead and finish that, God. If it's something that needs to die, Lord, go ahead and let it be killed off so that you can bring life into that situation, God. If there's something that we need to quit, Lord, I say, Lord, go ahead and help us to quit. If it's the grace to start something, Lord, give us the grace to start something. I say start completing things in our body, God. Would you go ahead and do that, Jesus? And, I, and Lord, I, I just say, Lord, make us more like you. Make us more like you. And, and I pray, Lord, for the spirit of Noah to come upon all of us, God. <laughs> the spirit of Noah that, that, that hears your word, that obeys your word when it does not make sense, that, that does it in, 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 in fact of ridicule, that would do it despite of misunderstanding. I would pray, God, that you give us the grace to say, we believe we heard, thus saith the Lord, therefore we're going to walk in that, God. Would you help us to do that, Lord? And I, I just say this, for all of you, it's going to look very different, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> and thus saith the Lord, nev it never goes against what's in His Word, okay? I'll just say that. It's never, it's never permission to do something that's sin. I'll just say that. But Lord, I thank You for what You're doing. I thank You for this group of people. You've <laughs> I thank You for this group of people You've surrounded us with I thank you for what you're doing I thank you for what you're doing and I we just uh, we just bless you Jesus we just thank you Jesus I would pray that you take us deeper than we've ever been I would pray Lord that that some of us are beginning to experience intimacy for the first time in our lives with you 
But I pray, I, I just hear the Lord saying that it's, you're just getting started and it only gets deeper and better from here. And so it's like you've got something to look forward to. And so I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. It's in your name we pray. Amen.